This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Dustin Goodwin. He's in the HR industry, specifically in the software as a service space, looking to increase his revenue. So congratulations, Dustin, for your guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show to build your idea. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Coming up tomorrow morning, Top Tribe, you're going to hear from Ben Fisher, and he breaks down getting to your first 10K per month in revenue with his business, Cardhook. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning to you. I'm holding my coffee. I'm getting cozied up here because you're going to learn a lot from our guest this morning. His name is John Gillen. He's a seven-time founder of Roost, Dropperty Tax, Double Tap, and he's got four failures under his belt. He's also a hustler, advisor, and freestyle rapper. John, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready, Nathan. So let's do this. First things first, I love that you brag about the four failures. It sounds like Dropperty Tax and Double Tap were both big wins. Is that right? Uh, so Double Tap is something that's ongoing. Dropperty Tax is a mild one. I'd call it a single. But, uh, but basically, you know, they were, they were all extreme learning experiences, especially the four failures. So tell us, tell us real quick. I mean, people talk about failures all the time. I hate the question, like, what was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? But was there something really special you learned from one of those failures that you think is not typical? Yeah, I, most of my failures, I'm 25 years old. Most of my failures were in college, um, but one of them. Wait, are we talking about women or businesses? <laughs> I'm a winner with women. Uh, but uh, you know, one of one of my failures was called Trick Solutions, Trickso, and it was a uh, A to Z travel itinerary. And uh, basically, what I learned in starting and failing this company was one how to raise money. I raised friends and family round, you know, at uh, 22 years old, 21 years old, uh, and I learned what it meant to get an engineer on board, which is one of the hardest things that a non-technical founder will ever have to do is to find a technical co-founder. Yeah. Who, and, thinks, who thinks all marketing and business people are full of shit. Yeah. Right. right. Well, so basically I, I went to Lehigh university and I had a good friend of mine, actually, you know, an old, uh, just a, kind of like a, a, a party buddy of mine, uh, who was a computer science and engineering major. And from someone who couldn't, you know, troubleshoot or set up an email, the fact that he could put, you know, one's nose together made me think he was a genius and he could do everything. <laughs> and basically, uh, you know, he oversold himself. I, I probably, uh, you know, I, I thought the world of him and he sucked. And he, was, he was awful and he had no idea what he was doing. And I raised money and I paid him blindly thinking, oh my God, this is one man's going to be able to do all this. So what, what that failure really did for me is, is taught me about expectations, managing expectations, taught me about what it really takes to go into a startup and make it work. And from now on out, everything, I got a little bit closer to success.
success, you know, from there on out. And then uh, the last three companies are, are doing well. So let me ask you real quick, how much total money have you raised just in the failed businesses? Uh, failed businesses about, probably about $35,000. Okay. So they're not so bad, right? Well, you hit a big success. You pay them all back and they, they all love you again, right? Yeah, no, no, not on, not on those successes. The, the other success, I didn't, uh, I didn't raise any money for property tax. I actually funded via Airbnb, uh, and I was, I was renting out my place on Airbnb and funding the business, and we're profitable pretty quickly. Um, so, so yeah, the the original um, investors for Tripso were all friends and family, and they were happy teaching me a lesson. Got it. Got it. Well, so what, help me understand what Roost is. So yeah, just want to break down what it is. Yeah, Roost, we're a peer-to-peer marketplace for storage and parking spaces. Uh, think Airbnb for your garage, closets, basements, attics, driveways. We connect people who have underutilized space in their homes or garages to people who want to store stuff or park cars. Okay, interesting. So who, who's like your biggest competitor right now? Is it like Breather maybe or no? Uh, breathers for office space. Uh, there's a bunch of parking apps that do parking. There's uh, some companies like uh, Boxby or Makespace. Like Sparefoot. Uh, Sparefoot uh, is actually one of our biggest partners. Okay. Um, Boxby and Makespace, they, they do valet storage, you know, they drop off a box. We're really, we're the leader. We're the market leader for peer-to-peer storage and parking. And we've actually found a way of working with most of our competitors versus competing with them. Uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of intricacies in there, but we're actually partnered up with a lot of the people that one would think are competitors. And so help me understand oh, how you guys make money. So we take a 15% transaction fee per month in perpetuity on these big transactions. And what's cool about our marketplace... What transactions, though? Sorry, I don't understand. So, so I rent out your garage to store my stuff. Uh-huh. I pay you... Roost facilitates the transaction, provides all the insurance and the guarantees, the trust and safety, the ratings and reviews, the discovery platform, all that. And we take 15% of the transaction per month. So is it fair to say this is like Airbnb for non-humans? It's exactly like Airbnb for unused space. But but not for like people to go live in. It's for like... Right, exactly. For boxes and cars. And we like to say, you know, boxes and cars are great because they don't complain or drink your wine. Amen. Amen. And they leave the bathroom nice and clean. That's right. So how much... You said you're the leader in your space. December 2015. What was your top line revenue? Um, December 2015, we did $50,000. Okay, 50000 And so... It, and that's... Is it basically like a monthly recurring model? Is revenue predictable? Yes. Okay, so how much did you do total in 2015? Like half a million-ish? Uh, well, so we actually launched into beta uh, in September. Okay. And so we did probably about $75,000, $80,000 in 2015. Okay, because you, you had launched near the end of the year. Yeah, we launched we launched pretty quickly. And, and now we're growing about 35% a month, 40% okay. a month, actually. So, so what did you do, like 60 or 70 grand in, in January 2016? Yes. Okay. And it looks like you're funded by 500 startups and a few other folks. Walk me through those rounds. Were they convertible notes or were they equity? So we did a uh, $160,000 convertible note. Then we did a $300,000 convertible note. And then we did a million dollar convertible note. 
And now we're doing a price round. I'm raising $2 million right now on a price seed round. What's the pre-money valuation on the price round? Uh, we, we're looking for a lead investor right now, but if I were to see the future, I'd say about 8 or $9 million. So if somebody came to you right now and offered to buy the whole business for 8 or $9 million, would you take it? No, definitely not. Interesting. Okay, got it. Who do you... um? Walk us through that process. A lot of folks aren't, yeah, I come on here, I ask people tough questions. They're not open about it, but getting that lead investor is usually the hardest part in these rounds. Uh, walk through walk through how you do that. Well, you know, you look for a lead investor like you would look for a long-term relationship. You know, you're looking for someone who's got all the things, all the check boxes that, uh, that you would like in a long-term partner because this is likely someone who's going to take a seat on your board and you're going to hear from them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you don't choose a lead investor willy-nilly like you may, you know, after a night of drinking. <laughs> but, um, but basically you go and uh, you find investors who invest in your space with the right, the right check size, hopefully they raise the fund or, you know, maybe they're big VC that never runs out of money um, and they don't have conflicts in their portfolio. Someone who they might consider to be an investor that if they gave you resources then then um, attention then the other person would get hurt. And so you make that list and then you find an in to them via some other entrepreneur. You know, the 500 Startups Network is great for that. And are you, are you looking for a strategic investor like a, like a spare foot or like a traditional VC? Uh, right now we're looking at a traditional VC, although I am talking to a couple potential strategic investors uh, like Zillow, uh, uh, looking at people who own parking uh, lots and garages, uh, you know, the big real estate investment trusts, uh, looking at Zipcar and Enterprise, also who are big partners of ours. Yeah, those kinds of strategics. Got it. And in terms of team, how many folks are on the team currently? We are seven and we are hiring two more as we speak. So if there are any front-end developers (laughs) or or, uh, customer happiness people listening, reach out to me. And you said one of the big things you learned was how to bring on a technical co-founder. Did you do that with Roost and tell us that story? Oh, the Roost story for the technical co-founder. It's always difficult. There's no easy way. Right now, probably I could find a technical co-founder because I've I've established myself out here in Silicon Valley and Uh I've got a great network. But at the beginning, moving out here after college and starting Roost, I didn't want to go the, oh, my friend was a uh, CS major route, which that didn't work. Uh, So what I did was I actually put out an ad on TaskRabbit back when, you know, you could do anything on TaskRabbit and you didn't have to be a professional. Um, And I put out an ad on TaskRabbit saying, seeking introduction to a technical person with an entrepreneurial spirit and free time. And uh, someone who was a task rabbit had someone in their network that had, uh, was a developer at Wells Fargo and a project manager and who just uh, left to go traveling and came back and was looking to start a business. And they charged me $75 to get me in a room with her. No promises, you know, it could not work out, but 75 bucks for that introduction. I paid happily, pitched them in the idea. I had my cousin who is technical uh, in D.C. She was there on Skype with me to ask some difficult questions and to you know, test her actual technical skills. And uh, you know, that was it. So I pitched her on the idea. She loved it. I, I did. It's not like I was choosing from a uh, massive pool of candidates. So 
it was me pitching them because I'm sure they had tons of different opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes complete sense. Well, look, it's going to be fun to kind of follow the journey, John. And before we get to my favorite part of the show, if people want to follow you personally online as you go through all this, where can they do that? Uh, so I'm actually writing this uh, this blog right now. I call it Nationwide Expansion. Dot dot dot. Fuck me. And look under the skirt of a recently funded, totally badass startup as we attempt to scale across America. And I'm, I'm writing it as my kind of personal diary. You can find it on Medium, medium.com slash at John Gillen, J-O-N-G-I-L-L-O-N. And uh, uh, every month I'm writing this series, and it's pretty fun to, to watch and uh, very transparent. I'm very honest in it. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you have asked me, how do I get my site going so fast and so cheaply? Well, I use HostGator. Specifically, they've got 4,500 templates. They've got a free e-commerce plugin. And quite frankly, I blow the heck out of their support. 24-7 support, which I love. It's ideal for WordPress. Okay, they've got a free website builder. All right. Now, I worked out a great deal for you guys that you can grab right now and join jump in at hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Hey, look, that's good. You've been very honest and transparent on the show, which is, you know, to the benefit of the top tribe listening in. This was episode, again, this is going to be episode uh, 202 or 203. If you guys want to go on my Medium account and get the show notes for John. John, we're about to get my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's next? No, what's next? Dude, it's time for the famous five. Are you ready? All right, ready. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, so my favorite business book would probably be, well, actually I don't read that many business books. I read a lot of stuff online. And when I do read, I read something like uh, Murakami. I'd say my favorite business book is uh, how to win friends and influence people. It's a classic. Taught me a lot. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Uh, I'm looking at Jeff Dorsey right now, just because I'm not sure if he's an incredible person or he's, you know, ruining everything, <laughs> but it's certainly interesting to follow along with, uh, you know, a, a part-time CEO for two massive corporations. I don't know how the heck he does it. And, you know, me, I'm busy as hell with my company for him. This guy is superhuman and he's definitely got a lot to teach. Well, we had ja- uh, Jack Dorsey, his last boss on the his show. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that. We had him on a few episodes ago and he articulated that, you know, one of the things Jack does is he hustles really hard and he's great at batching. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, focus on Square. Tuesday, Thursday, or the other days of the week, focus on, you know, obviously the other business and Twitter. Uh, so batching, I think, might be the answer, but who knows? He's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, John, next question. Uh, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Evernote? Um, I say Slack. I can't live without my company. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, also, I use Full Story, which is pretty cool. It's a tool that uh, if you install it, you can see what people are actually doing on your site. And uh, it notifies you when someone gets click rage, you know, when they click, 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 and they're freaking out. You get a pop-up notification. You can jump in and save them. It's, uh, it's pretty neat for a beta company. Very cool. Okay, number four, yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? 
Uh, yes. Okay, great. And last question, you said you're 25, right? Yes. Okay, John, take us back five years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I wish my 20-year-old self would, would know that no one else is, you know, nobody really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just making stuff up as they go along and learning from the mistakes that they make. So, you know, thinking that you're not, you're, you're too young to do something or you don't have enough experience to do something, that's all bullshit. You've just got to try it, figure it out as you go along, and just to be confident in yourself. Love it. Love it. And you're going to end on a freestyle rap. <laughs> Yo, we at the top. Guys, we're coming in hot. You want to rock me now? I'm on your block. Fuck the cops. We just go for the shots. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. There we've got John joining us. John, from starting from nothing, launching Roost. He's had four failures, some wins. He's going to take Roost, obviously, from zero to a great company, looking to raise at an $8 million or around that pre-money valuation. I believe. Is that what you said, John? Yeah. $8 million pre-money. Dude, thanks for taking us to the top. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win a hundred bucks every Monday. If you guys enjoyed John today, Top Tribe, you must right now go listen to Matt Berman from yesterday. Matt breaks down how I got his first 120 customers for his company, Sonar. 